Boots and Cats and Boots and Cats and Boots and Cats, PJ's Podcast. Welcome to PJ's Podcast, where we speak of the three things that matter, politics, Jesus, and sports. Monty, what is up, dude? What's going on? Not much, man. It's a Monday, you know, got a good week, a lot of events, a lot of things happening this week, so just trying to see what transpires, man. How how are you doing today? Dude, I am doing good, man. I just... uh those final four games were fun to watch, man. They were fun yeah, to watch. Absolutely. And it's Masters Week. Rolling into Masters, Masters week. week, my favorite time of the year. I hit off the pine straw this morning to initiate Masters Week. I'm ready to rock, go. dude. I'm ready like to it. rock. I like it. I like All right. It. Well, uh, let's get into some politics first. And I think we need to talk about uh, what's going on with the aftermath of the shooting in Tennessee, right? Because mm. I think you can see a clear divide on which narrative um, the media and the Democrats and the Republicans uh, are all trying to go down because I think there's two things, uh, two different ways of looking at it. And there's a clear divide, right? The trans community and the far left is saying that this shooting, right, shows that there's not enough acceptance in the trans community. Therefore, right, she did this act, right, because she wasn't accepted. Um, where mm -hmm. the other side is saying it's a clear, you know, it, it's you can clearly see that the trans ideology that's being pushed on kids is not good for mental health, right? So there's basically two narratives that are being pushed right now. And I think it's important for us uh, to address this to figure out exactly what we think took place there. So Monty, do you think it, do you think that, you know, what took place was because of um, the trans community not being accepted enough where they felt like they had to, you know, commit this type of crime? Or do you think there's something going on with the trans ideology that is causing kids to have uh, major psychological issues? Um. So, I mean, I don't like to like group it all as a big whole. I mean, obviously, I think maybe this uh, person had like a specific uh, problem or incident with someone or something happened um, that, you know, you know, that, that was related to her identity that made her act the way she did. Um, I think there's, they're still going through her like manifest and they, her journal and seeing what, all what she said there. But um, I don't think like you can group the whole, like into this one incident. So um, I, so I, yeah, so I don't, I don't know, but um, I don't, I don't think every, every trans person should, should be listed under what happened with this, this particular person. Yeah, well, they still haven't even released the manifesto, right? They made it a big deal that she had a manifesto, but she hasn't released it yet, right? And right. I'm wondering why they haven't, because that would give us some clarity on on why she did this. But it's right. obvious, yep. it, it is absolutely obvious that um, the mainstream media is saying this is attack on... on um, you know, the trans community, right? And I don't I don't see this as attack on trans community whatsoever. I mean, the victims, like we've said before, aren't the trans community. It's the the children that that got shot, right? And mm -hmm. I think it's important that we, you know, not point fingers, but figure out, you know, how to to get this to stop happening. But you know, it, it's just it, it's one of those things that you can see a clear divide. Right. You can see a clear divide on which side you're on, on exactly what took place. But there is one thing that I know is coming out of this is the trans community is not the trans community. Let me rephrase that. The people that are doing protests on the side of the trans, you know, activists are becoming violent mm. when they have these protests. Right. I've got a list of of seven incidents in the last month where somebody has gone to a a trans protest 
and have gotten either punched or things thrown on them or there's been uh, arrests made at a at in New York for a youth trans rally event right the the actual rallies are becoming violent and the narrative that that I'm really disagreeing with is that if you oppose you know the trans movement it's okay for the trans community to punch you and kick you and have violence towards you with no repercussions, right? Because, uh, I mean, I'll go through a couple of these. Um, uh, Kelly Kelly J. Keene was attacked at a, at a pro-trans rally, right? She had stuff thrown all over her. She had bodyguards. Everybody was trying to swarm on her. And she said she actually feared for her life during that rally. Uh, Billboard Chris was punched in the face by a trans activist. And all of these are on camera, by the way. I didn't want to go through all the videos, but you can see him on the video. Uh, so he got punched in the face at a trans uh, at a trans activist rally. An elderly lady uh, about a week ago uh, got sucker punched by an activist uh, that nearly uh, knocked her out. Um, at a trans youth rally in San Francisco, Alex Stern was assaulted. Uh, that's on camera. At New York City Hall, uh, multiple trans activists um got arrested for assault right and then you see the riot at the tennessee capitol right so i think basically i i say all this to kind of figure out what the heck is going on with these rallies right why why is there so much violence when it comes to these protests What's your, why do you think people are actually saying it's okay to punch and kick and yell and throw things at people if they disagree? Right. And I think that's just been like the status quo for, for protests lately. I feel like, you know, like we, we touched on the January 6th uh, thing at the, at the Capitol. And then ever since then, I'm even probably before them, ever since then, that's kind of, just kind of been the status quo that people don't think they can get their point across unless there's, uh, there's violence or, um, um, you know, arrests and things of that nature happening. Um, obviously, I don't agree with it. And obviously, we we talked about um, in the last episode what we thought, you know, a, a true protest should consist of, um, you know, and we talked about, you know, the Martin Luther King protests and all that kind of stuff. And that, and that is a true protest. Obviously, like when there's violence um, involved um, and people are, are getting injured, people are going and getting arrested, you know, that's not a protest anymore. So, um, you know, that's when we, we talk about riots and then we talk about all those other things that it, that it can become. Um, but I, I feel like it's becoming the new norm and people are just accepting that's what it is. And, you know, obviously like for the people who were around or people study what a, what a true protest should consist of, we know like that's, that's not it. What do you, what do you, what do you think, what do you think is going on in your mind? Uh, I think, People are trying to make it okay to cause violence to somebody that disagrees with you, which is right. not okay, right? But it's how never do you, been okay. How do you think? How do you think you can truly get your point across by causing violence? Like for me, you know, when you do a violent act and like talk about anything, like um, you're all you're almost like proving the other side's point, right? You know, it was like back in the you know when we talked about. The, the white cops and the black youth and, you know, those crimes. And when, when there was protests and the protests escalated to riots, it's like, like you showing that aggression, like you're almost proving the other side's point, you know, like, yeah. like you, you have to, you have to do it in some, in some other way, you know? So that's, I mean, that's how I feel. I was like, you're, you're almost counteracting what you're trying to prove. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, um, you know, it's there's a uh, it's a point now that if you you know it's been what a week since we've since we've had this, and mm -hmm. you're still seeing people call uh, calling the trans community the victim of this you know mass shooting, right? In right. in that to me is just it does not make make that much sense to me. 
right? Right. Like, and, and even people are calling for this to be considered a, a hate crime, right? Because it was a, a trans person going into a Christian school. I think personally, I think that's why they're not um, releasing the manifesto. Because I think it's it will show clearly that she targeted that particular school because it was a Christian school, right? There's got to be some right. sort of link there. She went to that school, right? There has to be some sort of 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 link. I mean, think about if it was if it was any other if it was a Muslim a school or a Jewish school or an all black school, right? It would be considered a hate crime the second it took place but because it's a christian school right they're they're trying to defend it and say no it wasn't a hate crime right which i i think christians need to stand up and realize that the the trans activists the radical trans activists are obviously willing to to be, to have violence against you for defying what they believe is to or for what they believe is correct right i just went over you know in the last month there's been violence at at uh trans activist protests against people that disagree with them and i think to have a civil society right we cannot tolerate violence against somebody that opposes you right i think that's mm -hmm. very important to have a a uh, thriving democracy is people need to to disagree with you right so you can have conversations the problem is is when you disagree with them they turn to violence and then the violence that you know occurs from this isn't um uh, people don't demonize that violence Right. They don't condemn that violence. And you, if you look at some of the TikTok videos and stuff, they're calling for violence. Heck, the, the trans uh, uh, activists called for the trans day of vengeance. Right. They called mm -hmm. for a protest and they called it the trans day of vengeance. Right. Some something has to, to stop there. We, we cannot have uh, we cannot have violence against people that disagree with you right mm. that's when the civil society breaks down is when is when violence occurs and nobody stands up and says that violence is wrong right you don't hear any of the media any of the mainstream media you know calling out these people that cause violence saying hey this violence is not okay whatsoever and that's what it, i think that's what it's going to take to kind of turn the ship the other way where we can have peaceful protests without having violence yeah no i totally i totally agree um like violence is wrong and no matter like what shape fashion or form it's in right if it's the january 6th storm in the capital that violence is wrong if it's you know the the trans protest that's violence is, is wrong if it's you know uh you know the black black people are, are protesting against something that's that's wrong if it's asians are protesting like violence is wrong and no matter like how you want to slice it up and like and that's the thing people are different groups and people are trying to say oh you know trying to departmentalize everything and say oh this is right this is wrong this is right it's like no it's the whole thing is wrong and the whole thing needs to stop um as far as like hate crime um i don't i don't know i think the the link is the fact that this person went to this school uh when they were younger and obviously like they've been there's they've been saying like you know they held, held resentment over, you know, former teachers uh, that they had. Um, my thing is, is like, you didn't target those teachers though. Like if you had a, a, a problem with how you retreat, how you were treated or, you know, how they dealt with you when you were there at that school, um, that should be handled. But, you know, targeting little children um, just blows my mind. Like I just read a report today that mm -hmm. said that that this person they fired off 152 rounds while they were in the school, and Jeez I think and from and and from when uh, this person entered the school, the police were there in 14 minutes. So they shot 152 rounds in 14 minutes. You know, so like you're not targeting the people who hurt you, or that you didn't. You're not targeting the people that like that made you this way or made you resent a certain you know 
religion or whatever the case may be, like you were just targeting people. And so like, so that, like that changed my, changes like you know, my, my thought pattern anyway, like you were just there to cause violence, in my yeah. opinion, when you're, you're just, when you're just popping Jeez. off 152 rounds and you're not like, I get it. Like if you had a problem with the administrator or your teacher or a principal, and like, you're looking for that one particular person and like, then that makes like, people can look at that and make more sense, you know, but like, when you're just in there and you're just spraying bullets, you know, it kind of, it kind of changes things a little bit. I mean, like, like I said, like I said, we both have young kids and like, like that could have been our kids, you know, like our, our yeah. my kid didn't do anything to, to you as a 28 year old, you know? So, um, and that, that changes people's outlook on the situation just a little bit. Well, I mean, the, the fact, the fact that anybody, anybody would, would claim that that person that you just said sprayed 150 rounds into little children is the victim right that is astonishing to me that person open fired on six-year-old and seven-year-old little kids we should have zero zero compassion for that person right they open fired on little children right call evil evil right do do not say there's any there's there's no excuse for this. I don't care if they yeah. feel like the, you know, they weren't accepted or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You open fired 150 rounds at little children. Screw you. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I agree. Like I, I went on my rant on this, uh, you know, a couple of pods ago. But like, like I said, like you can go down to the statistics and say, you know, uh, most mass shooting are done by, you know, white males, right? It's not right then. And it's not right now. When you go and you're, you're like yeah. you, the Texas shooting, when you go and you target, especially, you know, innocent young kids, like it's hard for me to have sympathy for you. And it's hard for me to be like, you know what? I understand your frustration. Cause I don't, I don't understand it. Um, and I, and I get it. Like, you know, you know, we, we talk about make it harder for people to get guns and stuff like that. You know, this person was, you know, being treated for like, you know, a mental disorder or, or mental health. And um, obviously there's, there is something going on in, in their head to, to make them, you know, want to do something like this. And I, I mean, obviously I think anyone who wants to go in and shoot a, shoot a school or, or do mass shootings, something, something's not right. But, but yeah. to, to have sympathy for, for anyone, that wants to do anything like this, no matter what color, what you identify as anything, I, I have little sympathy for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, let's, uh, let's change the subject here. I've got just a, a little bit. Um, it seems like the democratic party has taken on the role of what's the word? Uh, they're all about the undervalued or the, you know, they're all about, uh, what did that one lady say at uh, the Virginia student, the, uh, oh man, minority, she called themselves the minority group, right? They, they have plagued themselves around being the protectors of the minority group. And mm -hmm. I've, I've been looking at some different things on the Democratic and the Republican parties, and I'm finding out there is a massive amount of revisionist history when it comes to these parties, right? And it just kind it just kind of blew me away. I was just, you know, kind of messing around, um, just looking at different things, and everything I looked at places the Republican Party as the, uh, you know, a racist uh bigots and and just the people that hate black people and and all these different things so i figured let me actually look and, and see what's going on with the actual parties and the history behind them and i was i was blown away with what i found money absolutely blown away because this was not really taught to me as a as a child but i just want to go through a little bit of this because because this really really astonishes me so the Democrat Party was founded in 1982. 
Um, the, the Democrat Party has fought against every major civil rights act in all of American history. Uh, stop, for opposed... stop, 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 stop for a second. Stop for a second. What? The Democratic Party was founded in 1829. Yeah. You said 1982. Did I really? Shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, eighteen twenty. Did I really say nineteen eighty two? Wow, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Okay, sorry. sorry. I, I was like, my, <laughs> I had a like, That's why I made a stink face. A long I was like, day. I was like, right. I don't know who your sources are, but that's not a good one. Uh, okay. Founded in eighteen twenty nine. Sorry. Uh, it opposed the Thirteenth Amendment which abolished, abolished slavery. Uh, 100% of Republicans voted for it. 22% of Democrats voted for the 13th Amendment. The 14th Amendment, which gave black citizenship, 14, uh, 94% of Republicans, 0% of Democrats voted for that. The 15th Amendment, which gave blacks the, the right to vote, 100% of Republicans voted uh, for it. 0% of the Democrats voted for it, the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote, um, it had to be voted on five times because the Southern Democrats continued to oppose uh, oppose that bill. Literally, all of these got passed because of universal Republican support, right? And then on top of that, um, Dred Scott versus uh, Sanford, the Supreme Court ruling. Uh, that ruled that slaves aren't citizens. Seven of the justices who voted uh, were all Democrats, right? So, basic, basically, all all human rights acts that have been put in place, the Democrats have voted against it. And then the Jim Crow, which everybody can—I don't know why—but everybody contributes that to Republicans. Jim Crow was put in place by Democrats and was enforced by the Ku Klux Klan, which was the Democrat Party. There's a historian called Eric Foner, who's a Democrat, literally said this. He said, in effect, the Klan was a military forced or oh, the Klan was a, a military force serving the interest of the Democrat Party. Right? So, I mean, he literally comes out and says it, that the Democrat Party started the Ku Klux Klan, which it was started by Nathan uh, Bedford Frost, who was a Democrat. Um, it was started to enforce interest of the Democrat Party. Right? The Civil Acts, the Civil Acts of 1946 was introduced by Republicans Right. And it only got passed because of unanimous Republican uh, support. But the one that gets me the most is the quote by Lyndon B. Johnson. Have you heard this quote before? It's one of the most famous quotes by him. After the Civil Rights uh, Act was put in place, he said, I'll have them inward voting Democrat for 200 years. Right. It's just like I I just I, I can't get I just can't get over the revisionist history that has gone on. The Republican Party was established as the anti-slavery party. That's exactly why it was even introduced. Right? The commander in chief chief of the union, right, that fought against slavery was Abraham Lincoln. Right. The first mm -hmm. the first black uh, representative was a Republican. Twenty two black re representatives were within the Republican Party within the first like 10 years of freeing slaves. There wasn't a Democrat. Uh, a black Democrat until like 1940 something. Right. So when did the, when did the switch happen? When did when did when did Republicans become the racist? party i'm yeah. so confused so i don't i don't know the 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 specific day actually i 
listened to conversations like this before. And so there is a time, and I don't know, I don't know if it's with FDR or when it was, but there's a there's a time when basically the parties they switch platforms. So, but yes, but like, but so, but during that time, the the Republicans were like, you know, they were pro, um, you know, they weren't, you know, they weren't for slavery, they weren't for all that kind of stuff. And then there were there was a, there was a time they basically switched platforms, and like, and it out, it's obviously it's not too too long ago that this has happened. But um, if you go back in history, like you said, with you know Abraham Lincoln and all that stuff. You know, the Democrats and the Republicans were very, very different than the Democrats and Republicans that you see today. Um, and I'll have to dig, I'll have to dig that that interview up or take. take so it, I, I can I can tell you see. it's called the Southern Switch. It, that's what they say. It's called the Southern Switch. And it says after Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, the ideology between Democrats and Republicans switch. But I think that's a false narrative. But the Southern right. switch, that, like that was just in the Southern states, though. That had nothing to do with. Yeah, uh, but no, that's states. that's what they said. That's the that's the whole point. My my whole point is, is there's been revisionist history here. Right. The Republicans have been on the side of civil rights since it was founded. The Democrats have opposed every single civil rights act ever put into place. Right. They are the ones that implemented Jim Crow. Republicans are the only ones that voted against that, but somehow they're still represented as the racist, you know, party. And I think it's important for us to talk about the history because, you know, it doesn't make much sense to me that you could sit there and say that the Republican Party is the racist party when they're the only reason that all of the civil rights stuff that has gone gone on with um, America took place right but i mean have you have you heard that that type of history before or was it uh yeah because when i you know when i was in school it wasn't portrayed that way at all yeah right right um it wasn't portrayed that republicans were the ones that were fighting for civil rights it was always portrayed as the democrats fighting for civil rights and then once you dig into history you see that that's not correct I mean, even the even the Tulsa race riots, right? The Tulsa race riots were done by a bunch of Democrats, not Republicans. The Democrats ran Oklahoma at that time, but people say that that was the Republican Party that did that, and it it wasn't. Democrats ran all of Oklahoma during the during the race riots in Tulsa. So again, I just. I thought that was extremely interesting um, that, you know, you go back in history and, you know, Republicans have a long, a long uh, history of fighting for civil rights. And it, I just mm-hmm. feel like the mainstream media are, is trying to to uh, hide that history and make it to where the Republicans have always been racist and, you know. A bunch of assholes. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. It, it's true. I, I think that's what they try to do today. But like I said, there, there's, there's a, a point in time where they, they did, they switch platforms, and I don't know um, if they came with the Revolutionary War or FDR and in the, in the Great Depression or, or what, or what, what caused it to do it. But, um, but definitely, like the Republicans were on the sides of civil rights. And I think today's Republicans, you know, I still think a lot of them, a lot of them are for civil rights. And I think the Democrats definitely like they say they are, but I think it's like a lot of fluff and, not, and like a lot of talk, you know, and, and they're not, there's not much like policy and backing behind it. Um, you know, like you can go to the talk about the KKK. If you like, you see the money that the KKK gives, it's, you know, it's 99% Republican money that, that you know, that they're, they're backing today. So that's, so what? that's, so that's, Monty. So, that's yeah, yeah. ridiculous. That is you think, absolutely you think, ridiculous. You think the KKK give money to Democrats today? I don't think the KKK gives money to anybody today. Nobody. Uh, That's what. See, so. this is this is what I'm. No, what are you talking about? Absolutely not. The KKK does hardly ever exist. Anyways. 
right? They don't give money to anybody. Wait, you say the KKK hardly ever existed? No, I said today. Today. Oh. Do you think a politician would take money from the KKK in today's society? Well, obviously, Absolutely it's not going to be a check it's not going to be from a check from a KKK, but like if you believe in secret societies and people that that support a, a certain agenda and a, and a certain plan, then there's people that that believe certain certain things. And so, like obviously, like I think people donate money to people that support their cause, and then there's people that that I think I think there's white supremacists, and I think there's like you can say the Black Panthers, and there's there's black supremacists, and the people want to push help. They need people to help push their agenda to get their way. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I can I can see that, but what what I'm trying to say is I'm not saying no... I'm not saying the Republican Party is going to get a big check from KKK, <laughs> but I'm just saying like like there's there's definitely ways like that like to hide it or you know like ways to hide it and and then still like say hey this is you know for this right we we want these policies in place to help what we believe in what we support. Okay, sure. so if, if that's the case, what's the uh... What's the bills or what's the the agenda that the Republicans are pushing for that? Because I don't uh, see any as the I, issue. I mean, on top of my head, I I don't know. I could I can look and get back with you for sure. Well, but, I mean, I'm um, just I'm just saying if that's the case that that there are white supremacist you know organizations that are funding people in the Republican Party to push an agenda to you know eradicate or put down. Uh, the African uh, American community, I don't see, I don't see any of the bills that are are doing that, right? If I don't there, even if think there's it's, one it's thing, not... if there's one thing that hinders the black community more than anything, it's abortions, right? Which was created by somebody who wanted to eradicate the African community, the the African American community. And Republicans are trying to abolish that, and the Democrats are trying to push it, right? I mean, abortions kill, you know, more more black people than than anybody. And the Republicans are pushing to ban it. The Democrats are pushing to kill more black people. So I, you see what I'm saying? Like I don't think that argument holds holds up because it, the the laws that are put in place, right, by Republicans don't hinder any any community that that I can that I can see but in and this goes to my point this goes to my point of what we were talking about is I think there has been some revisionist history some they they say there's been a switch in in uh you know the the Republican party has now become the party of racism when I don't think it ever switched, I think the Democrat Party is still their party of racism, and somehow, somehow the the uh, the uh, education system has portrayed Republicans to be the bad guys over the last fifty or sixty years, and I just don't think that's the case. But I may be wrong on that, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I'm hundred percent wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I obviously don't agree. I even like, um, I'll tell a story like, so I, I grew up Democrat. My dad was a Democrat, and I'll tell you why. Like, so back when he was growing up, um, affirmative ha action was, it was a real thing, and it wasn't just uh, you know, a phrase to, to get to garner votes. And affirmative action was to get you know, uh, minorities into uh, places of business and places of power, and it wasn't just a mm -hmm. handout. So like, and so as uh, my dad did a lot of work in in the city and he did a lot of work and, he, and so he applied for affirmative action and through affirmative action, he was able to uh, get a Burger King franchise. And so they, they sent him down to uh, Whopper College um, and then he graduated Whopper College and he was able to open up the first um, black owned Burger King in, in, in the inner city of Philadelphia. And then through that, he was able to open up more business and more businesses. Um, and like, so this wasn't a guy asking for a handout. This is a guy that uh, worked his ass off and then was able to to apply for this and to get an opportunity that put him on almost on par with everybody else. 
And then through that, he was able to show like his worth and was able to grow and, and attain a business that he probably w- wouldn't be able to do any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that's one thing. And, and so traditionally growing up, the Democratic Party was like to help minorities. Now today, I think, you know, they have terms like affirmative action, they have terms like all these things, but like, today those policies aren't the same. And it's more like more like a handout or like, hey, we'll give you this, like welfare. Welfare shouldn't be like just to give people money so they survive. This should help. This is it should be to get people on their feet so they can become a, a part of the working uh, society. Um, and, and, the, and the shame that some people have found found a way to rig the system where they get more money staying home and collecting checks for the government than they do working um, and being part of society and paying taxes is, is a shame and it's wrong. But there, but there was a time that those institutions were in place to not only help people, but to get people on their feet and get the people out in society and make them work for people that wanted it and not for people that, that just wanted the money. So like, so that's like a, like a that's a, one of the reasons and like, and that was a, a democratic policy. Um, so today, like obviously, like, yes, like I said, today is different and those things are, those things still exist in theory, but they're not acted out like how they used to be. And so I, I think the Democrats have done a poor job. Uh, they want the minority, they want the female vote, but they don't want to do the things that they used to do to, to, to uh earn it i guess say um i will say the republicans have maybe done a better job but there's always that narrative that republicans um don't um don't like other races outside of the you know outside of the caucasian male so um i will say that um i don't know if i agree with the the abortion thing too but uh that could be a different <laughs> topic or conversation. I mean, I mean uh, the, that is the lead, that is the leading cause of uh, African American deaths is abortion. I would I would say black on black crime, and I would probably say drugs would be a, a bigger leading cause of, of deaths than abortion. Well, I mean, I, I mean, my 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 thing is right, and like I, like I was saying, is I. I don't, the Planned Parenthood was started by somebody who literally said their goal was a, to eradicate the African-American community. Yeah. It's why well, Planned yeah. Parenthood was started, right? So like, why, like, why would you ever support something like that, right? And right. there's over, I mean, millions of African American babies that are aborted every single year. There's more babies right. aborted in New York than are born in the African American community. Right? I'm saying that's a bad thing. Right? Yeah. There needs to be more babies born. Right? But somehow that is a racist stance. And I don't understand that. Right? Like, Anyways, that that could be for another day, another topic. But I do think it's it's harming, you know, our communities and our culture. Right. I mean, like I, I just pull up data from the Kaiser Foundation. Um, outside of outside of you know the traditional South, uh, the percentage of whites having abortions or all is more than percentage of blacks having abortions. So that's that's what uh, shocks well, yeah, me. I mean, of course, like I said, that I mean uh, the African uh, American community is only thirteen percent of the population. So there's obviously going to be more white abortions than our black abortions. I mean, it it's it right. hinders all of us. It, it hinders every single uh, culture. It, it does, but just the the reason it was started baffles me. It really does. And if you ever listen to yeah. her, the person that started, I mean, outright racist. Outright right, racist. Right, Just right. Right. Well, and, and then you can get in the talks of like how ghettos were formed and how crack became something. Like there's things that were done to keep certain 
uh, ethnicities where they're at and to lift certain ethnicities up. So of course, yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. But, um, and then it's, a, you know, just a change of mindset for those people too, that you don't need an abortion um, or, you know, have sex in the proper channels and do things the right way and all that kind of stuff. So, and that, that's, that comes with education. So, yeah, I mean, obviously all of that falls into uh, a different conversation, but, um, but yeah, I agree to disagree yeah. on some things. I, I think yeah. we actually disagree on we something, have our, which we, is, we uh, have our first, we have our first book to read. <laughs> Dude, this is a great time to introduce it. What do you say? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. We're going to introduce our new segment. We finally found something we disagree on. So this segment is going to be called I Read Yours, You Read Mine. And Monty is going to suggest a book that helps his side or goes into greater detail on his side of the argument. And I will have to read that book and I will give him a book to read that confirms my side and he will have to read that book. And in a couple of weeks, we'll come back together and we'll talk about the books and see if it persuaded us to think differently on our viewpoints. What a great segue, Monty. What an yeah, absolute great segue. I haven't done a book report in a long time, but I I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. We did enough of them, right? We did enough That's of them right. growing up. Can so, I read the cliff notes instead? Or what, is that what they, are those, that's not what those things can, are called? If you want to. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to read the whole book. Just a just a side note, and then we'll get off this topic. The owner, the person who yeah. started Planned Parenthood, was a Democrat, by the way. Just saying. Oh my gosh! Just How long second. ago? How long? Uh, ago? 1922. Exactly. Exactly. My point exactly. Democrats exactly at some point been the on the side flips. of wrongness. They forever. switch. They they haven't always been on the same platform. All right, let's move into some sports. What do you say? Sports. We all love sports. Um, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, there's one thing I was going to bring up too, but I totally forgot now. Um, sports this weekend. Tons of basketball. It was basketball, basketball, basketball. We saw some great games. We heard some great stories. Um, and the PJ curse is alive. The what? The PJ curse. Every time um, I make a prediction for sports, the, the opposite team or person wins. <laughs> so uh, the PJ curse is still alive. You know, I, oh, I, man, I did that's it what all. We're going to be known for the curse athletes. All, all throughout the the uh, NCAA tournament on the men's and women's side, every time I made a prediction, that other team has won, and it it didn't change. Now I we, I said uh, South Carolina thirty six and zero, not gonna lose, gonna sweep the tournament. <laughs> and what happens? Iowa beats. I them. forgot about then that. I see That's you, funny. And then I see you on Saturday. Saturday, and I talk about Caitlin Clark. Is the truth? She's amazing. She's gonna win national championship. Guess what? Iowa loses. It's true. FAU, my dark horse, going all the way. We're looking good. What do we do? We lose at the buzzer. Oh, oh it's my life. It's my life. PJ's curse. But anyway, baby. the PJ curse, it still exists. I will say, so we'll talk about it. LSU defeated Iowa 102 to 85. Did you get to see any, any of this game at all? Did you pay attention to the I watched a little bit side? of it. Not a ton, though. Not a ton. Uh, LSU. The whole team came to play, and yeah. that was the big difference. There was there's a little, a lot of people were saying the refs were on LSU side too, and they were kind of giving them some calls and not giving them some calls, you know. And we've talked about the refs' influence in championship games and how it drives us crazy. Just let them play, um, but it didn't happen here. But I mean, this score was such a big difference. I don't think it would have mattered. Um, one. I want to give Caitlin Clark her roses, right? She's the first player in women's history to record back-to-back 40-point -back games in NCAA tournament. Uh, she's the first player in the NCAA tournament for the women's to have a 40-point triple-double, which is ridiculous. Um, she tied the school record for three-pointers 
Uh, she scored the most points in NCAA uh, tournament history for, with 193, most assists with 60 in the women's NCAA tournament, and she had the most threes in the women's NCAA title game with with eight. Wow. So uh, obviously, if anyone has seen her play in the NCAA tournament, she was cooking. Uh, unfortunately, in the title game, her teammates were not cooking. <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, and we said before, like, they're only as good as uh, as Clark is good, and if she were to have a bad game, um, they would struggle, right? Um, yeah. And 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 they and she kind of did, you know. She got her points. She got thirty points, right? But she was nine for twenty two from from field goals. Jeez, she was yeah. eight for nineteen from the eight for nineteen from the three pointers, right? So that's below fifty percent in both those categories, you know. And, and when someone you know is taking the bulk of of your you know of your shots and can't make half of them you're, you're going to struggle on the offensive side of the ball uh and, and and she did and the lsu tigers man they're athletic you know they have their they have their own all-american and angel reese um and actually she she set a record for this season this is her 34th double double uh in a single season in d1 that's a new record uh for women's basketball uh her nickname is the bayou barbie if you're wondering um <laughs> uh, and so she went off, but like, they, like they had every, like all their, po- they had 15 points, 20 points, 10 points. They had another person with 21 points. They had a girl off the bench with 22 points. This came, this girl came off the bench was seven for eight uh, for field goals was Jeez, five, five, wait, what am I right? Five for five from three point land, sir. All right. Jeez. So she came off the bench and missed one shot. So it, it it's uh, electrifying. It was a whole team effort versus basically, you know, one one girl. And and that was the big difference in this game. You know, like uh, Caitlin Clark just couldn't couldn't do it by herself. Um, and, you know, that's, that's what it came down to. But it's but a team game, man. Programs. It's a it's a team game. Right. And so and the LSU Tigers, man, they're they're no punks like they're 34 and two. You know, and one of their losses was to South Carolina. And then the other loss was to Tennessee in the SEC championship game. So um, there were there were no slouches either. But that's what we got for the women's side. On the men's side, it kicks off tonight. San Diego State plays UConn uh, for the men's uh, national championship. Who who do you who do you have winning? We we watched both these games. UConn beat Miami pretty convincingly. And like I said, San Diego State beat FAU by one on a buzzer buzzer beater. You UConn's got this one, Mont. UConn's got this ah, one. Uh oh, uh oh, the PJ curse. Here it is. Uh, San Diego State didn't look that good, right? I mean, they really didn't. They got lucky towards the end of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they were FAU, down by fourteen points. You're exactly right. FAU just went cold, and uh, mm. San Diego State kept them in in reach. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they only led like a minute the entire game. And it yeah. <laughs> most of it was at the beginning and then the last shot, right? Yeah. Um, they really didn't look that good. FD or FAU just kind of pulled uh, fell apart there at the end. UConn looks good, right? They they mm. had the pedal to the metal, uh, didn't you know, didn't let up. They look really, really good. So I I have them beating uh, San Diego State by at least twelve. That's my mm. that's my prediction. I don't think it's going to be a phenomenal game to watch. I think UConn's just going to put it to them. Mm. Mm. But hell, who knows, right? PJ's yeah. curse is, <laughs> is active and and well right now. So it's, it's I will it's, tell it's you a though real that thing. it is that. That San Diego State and FAU game was really, really fun to watch. Uh, that last second shot, I, I think he should have. I was yelling for a timeout um, yeah, after were. FAU um, missed the shot because I thought they needed to get set up. And the coach had maybe that's why I'm not a D1 coach, but I thought they needed to get set up, run a play, and they didn't. And he happened to make that shot. So, um, Good for good for San Diego State though making it this far. Um, they're a very unknown school, right? Not mm-hmm. a lot of people have heard about them. Um, they've had a phenomenal season. I just don't think that uh, 
that they have enough firepower to to get the championship. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I think what was the stat that um, UConn has won by 15 in every game in the tournament so far? I'm telling you, man, they look really, really so, good. Again, this so, goes back to the seeding. Good God, why do you have them so high? Seriously, why? Right. Why? It makes yeah. zero sense. You had a five, a nine, a five, and a four. Yeah. In the final four. That is God yeah. awful seeding. I don't first know if they're time, just trying ever. to get views or whatever, but my yeah. goodness. Like every yeah. person that voted should be fired. They were terrible. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's I'm, I'm I think the I'm people go ahead. No, the people who seated the women should do the men's next year because the women's <laughs> had a one, 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 and a two. <laughs> oh man, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, it's just, it's bad, man. It's bad. And, and I get it, right? Uh, higher seed beating lower seeds are good for ratings, right? It, it's it's good, good for ratings. People are excited when that happens. But in no, in, this should never happen. I'm like, you should never have a five, a nine, a five, and a four in the final four. Right. If you're seeding correctly. Yeah. I don't yeah. think so. It's either that or it was just a weak basketball season. You know, there wasn't yeah. any standout teams. For sure. But I'm pretty I sure think, UConn I, I was ranked number one at one point. They could have. I mean, like their team is they're good. I don't know what happened or what made them get such a such a a four seed. Um but like like how Purdue got a one seed and UConn got a four seed blows my mind. <laughs> but but it it, it happened Astonishing. And, and, and here we are but those boys look good and i mean I, I, as much as i don't want to i i'm going to agree with you i'm like uconn is just going to be too too much for uh san diego state for sure um moving on to the nba there's a uh, roughly 10 games left depending on what team you are there's some with nine some with 11 uh, just based on when they play um but things in the bottom of the pack are tight uh, Oklahoma City is on the two-game losing skid. They're thirty-eight and forty-one, and that in that they're in the tenth spot. They're in a very last spot. Um, w- exactly one game behind them is the Dallas Mavericks, that thirty-seven and forty-two. And How then are the one Mavericks game above, that far behind. Dude, ever since Good that trade with, with Kyrie, they have kind of fallen apart. Like you thought Kyrie would would lift them up, and they they have been they've been struggling. They're three to three, uh, th- three and seven in the last ten games. So, um, not good for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Minnesota, it's only one game above Oklahoma City for that ninth spot. Uh, the Pelicans are only a game and a half for that, and they're in. So seven through eleven, it's all one and a half games divides all 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 of those so the last 10 games is very crucial to who makes the playoffs um and who is going to get knocked out any from seven on can can all get knocked out um if you're looking at this list i don't know if you're looking at it who lakers pelicans timberwolves thunder and mavericks who's going to get left out man um Golly, I, I'm still astonished that the Mavericks are outside of um the playoffs. I mean, they are stout. Um They're stout. I don't I don't understand how Timberwolves are still in it. The Pelicans don't have anybody, right? Um mm. Los Angeles is, is on a little bit of a hot streak, so I, I think they stay right there. Um mm. Minnesota's lost their last three. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those guys at the bottom have lost, you know, three or two games in a row. Right. Yeah, they've been um, they they have. I really hope that uh, that the Thunder can can actually get something together here, because, I mean, they the problem is, is they play Golden State. Right. They play, they play Golden State, which they're most likely going to lose. Um, but then you go to Utah and you go to Memphis. Right, Utah. Utah's a couple of games behind them. They're not that far off of it, right? So you right. have to win that. Um, Memphis has has a uh, uh, a decent team, right? They're number two in the mm-hmm. West. So yeah. I don't know. It's looking looking like a long shot for 
for Thunder. If you want my uh, if you want my sports analysis without taking my love for Oklahoma City Thunder into it, I say I want Oklahoma your, your non biased. What? Now, yes. as a Thunder fan, I pray that they can pull it together. But the remaining part of their season is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think I, I, Dallas has a good squad, man. And I think they, mm-hmm. they'll get on a little bit of a run here. Uh, Utah yeah. is only two games behind. Utah is yeah. good. Mm-hmm. So, as much as it kills me to say it, I think the Thunder may be left out of it. Yeah, I, I have a soft that. spot for Dallas. I have a soft spot for Dallas too, man. I, I love Luca too, like, man. You know, Luca is and you such think, a freak of nature, man. He's a freak of nature, and you would think how good Luca and Kyrie are that they could find a way to win a couple games and and, and get that last spot. But um, I hope the Timberwolves uh, keep dropping, and hopefully, Oklahoma City and, and Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Thunder and the Mavs can both get in. Uh, yeah, looking at the, I hope looking at the. What? I hope the Timberwolves start sucking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looking at the East, everything looks pretty much set in stone. Um, the Wizards, Pacers, Hornets, and Pistons are all eliminated. Uh, the Magic have an outside chance, but it's not looking too hot. Um, and so one through ten is pretty much set. Um, and so I don't think there's any any issues over there. Um, no, not on that division. We'll that division is pretty set. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll see uh, the playoffs to see who makes the playoffs, which is the craziest rule I've ever heard. But we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, I think they're. I think they've they've put too many games in there. I don't think a team that's yeah. under fifty percent should ever have a chance to get into the NBA playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, right. The Bulls are yeah. sitting at thirty eight and forty. Right. Yeah, they have one good game. You can have one good game and get on get into the playoffs right so yeah. it just i think it's a dumb rule that is that's my rule. honest opinion right and plus like you know got guys like the bucks and the celtics they're going to be resting players for the playoffs and so that, that might give some of these other teams an easy win you know to to help their position in this in this seven through ten seeding too but but uh yeah you get one good game and you're in the playoffs it's kind of crazy. You kind of didn't earn it through uh, throughout the whole season, but we'll we'll see. It happens in NFL too. You can win your division with a losing record, and then there's yeah, you know, a team finished third in their division with like you know with a winning record and still gets left out. So it doesn't make any sense. It needs to be revised. But hey, our Knicks we look are. pretty so, good though. They're on a four game yeah, win streak. Hey, the, the the Knicks are in. The Knicks are. In. They have made the playoffs. The four game win streak. You know now they're just kind of battling out for a. For seeding, you know, I don't think they're going to catch the Cavs, but um, they're, they're going they're going to be in a good spot, man. So um, I'm excited to see what our what our Knicks do. Our our no name Knicks. <laughs> I love it, no name Knicks, and that's and I'm not knocking New York, man. I, we're we're going for the Knicks. I don't want I don't want to get any hate from you. Like you guys don't know who plays for the Knicks. I want to hear it. That was funny. Uh, and, and that, like I said, uh, master start. Um, Thursday, we're, we're we're game for it. Uh, NBA drafts or in a whoa NFL drafts coming up and NBA playoffs coming up. So we'll get you we'll get you going this this weekend for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Favorite time of the year, Masters. Lenny, who do you have for the Masters? I don't know. I think I told you I told you earlier, man. I I want Rory to win it. He he's come so close and he's choked and like he he. Uh, he's always right there and something happens. I, I finally want him to get over that hump and just and get him one, man. So I'm going for Rory. I like it. I like it. So Rory's your pick for the Masters? I got Justin Rory's Thomas. You got be, Rory? Yeah. Rory's going to be my pick. I can go with that. I think that's yeah. a really good pick. Yeah. And uh, we'll see. I, I heard I heard they're supposed to get some rain, get some some crazy weather out there in Augusta too. So um, we'll, we'll see how that affects, affects the course. Absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's roll into the Jesus portion of this. Right. Yeah, and so 
we finally found something we disagree on money right yeah it it only took us 15 episodes <laughs> but <laughs> hey and we're hey and we're still friends and you you didn't protest well that's my point me, so thank so thank you <laughs> that's my point is we can disagree on things but i'm still gonna love you as a brother and as a friend and as a brother in christ right mm-hmm. but my my main thing i want to talk about is standing up for what is right right because i feel like we have a very very weak church a very very weak church a very weak leadership in the church and we have to see this change mon right yep. name one prominent Christian that has came out after the trans shooting, right? That has stood up against somebody doing this. I watched on MSNBC, I watched a rabbi say that the trans shooter is the victim on MSNBC. Right? We have a weak church. We have to step up and be on the side of righteousness and be on the side of truth because if we do not if we do not stand up the people that are are throwing hatred out there will continue to do so so if you are a pastor or if you are a leader as a christian stand up and be vocal about standing in righteousness and standing on truth because we cannot have a weak and anemic church anymore. Right? It's mm-hmm. we're we need to be done with it. We need to absolutely be done with it. I mean, do you do you agree with me that the church has been very, very weak in the last four to five years? Yeah. Um, weak or like even like passive, maybe. I think like they they try to just stay out of the public eye and they're stay out of like fighting or standing up for what's wrong and what's right and you know they're just kind of sitting off to the side and then i mean i don't think that's you know i don't think jesus ever ever said hey i'm gonna sit this one out you know you guys you guys figure it out you know whenever you know in the going through the bible you see like the, the conflicts and the trials and tribulations that like he went through and you know the people of the bible like you know john the baptist and all these people have gone through um, and how they dealt with them. And, and not one time did any of those people, you know, like look the other way or not one time did they, you know, like I said, sat one out, you know, and try to like let the people figure it out for themselves, you know, because I, I think, you know, as human beings, as people we are, we we can't figure it out for themselves. There's too many ideas and opinions and thoughts that like no one, and, and I can say with the protests and the protest turns into fighting, no one's going to, there's too many personalities that we're going to come to an agreement, even agree to disagree. And so we need the church to step in and, and, and be that, be that, you know, that, that conduit of change. You'd be like, Hey, like you, this is right. This is wrong. This is why. And they, 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 they need to, you know, stay firm in that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. Um, we just, you know, I, I, I just, I pray that, that we start seeing uh, more of the church in the public light, right? More voices from the church coming out and, and uh, standing on, on truth and, and righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and stop, like you said, it's not necessarily uh, quivering in the face of these things, but just being non-vocal about it. Right. Right. We right. should we should want to hear what the church has to say about these things, not just you're not involved in it. Right. I think that's the stance that the church has made in a long, for a long time is they're just going to be silent. Well, silence not working anymore. Right. Right. It's not working. So we need to get right. vocal need, about like, it. You know, it's like they talk about 
needing to continue, like as a person, need, needing to continue to go to church because if you don't go to church, you don't hear the word, you don't get inspired. And then like, you know, we're, we all sin, but the more you don't have the word, like, and you don't hear the word, the more closer you move towards sin. Well, the problem is the church isn't spreading the word to the masses. And those people are, are, are continuing to move towards the other way and they're moving in different directions. And, and the church need, needs to stand up. And like I said, just be more firm and, you know, and, and stand up for what's right. I'm with them. I'm with you. Well, with that, uh, we will call it a day. If you like our content, please like and subscribe or follow on any social media platform. We are on every single one. Other than that, Monty, you got anything else to say? No, man. I'm uh, just going to cut it off here and get ready for, uh, what is today? Wednesday? It's Monday. Dang. I'm going to get ready for Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. That's right. Culture Wednesdays. We will have Dr. Mitchell with us to talk about transing the youth. So that should be a fun one. Um, yep. And then Friday, we have uh, Jeremy, who started DOSA, Dad's on Special Assignment. So look forward to that one also. Other than that, brother, I love you. Love you, man. Have a good one.